0: Hey everyone, welcome to the episode 14 of Sugidama Podcast, the podcast about Japanese sake, the drink which uses only four or sometimes five ingredients, but gives you an ocean of variants. And today we'll talk about these ingredients and water in particular but before that i would like to remind you about our sponsor london sake who have one of the widest selection of premium and craft sake available online today you can choose from over 100 sake from 25 breweries and they will deliver across the uk and many european markets The cool thing about their website is that you can use simple online tasting notes together with very sensible and affordable food pairings in order to choose the perfect sake to enjoy. What's more, you can get a 10% discount by just using the code SUGIDAMA, all caps, during checkout. LONDON SAKE, making sake simple. So how have you been? Have you experimented with SMV and acidity? to see if this information gives you some insight into how the sake should taste If you found the previous or any other episodes useful and interesting please review them on Apple Podcasts or write something on your social media or chat group So now we know from the previous episodes that sake is made of four main ingredients So, what are these magic ingredients that make sake? Why? It's water, rice, koji, yeast. I'm hesitant to call distilled alcohol ingredient of sake. It's not added in many cases, and sake brewers started using it relatively recently compared to more than a thousand of years of sake brewing. But still, it's sometimes very important to bring out special aromas and adjust the taste. I think that in the ancient times Japanese people consciously used only three ingredients water, rice, and koji. They didn't know about yeast, which, for example, in Europe was first observed in the 17th century on beer foam, but the fermentation process and the role of yeast in it was discovered only in 1857 by Louis Pasteur. So. The first on the list is water, which is the key ingredient of many alcoholic drinks. Well, what is present in all alcoholic drinks, to be correct? But in wine, for example, water is not usually added, as grapes are naturally full of it. Another example is kumis, an alcoholic drink from Central Asia made from maize or donkey's milk. Again, Milk is full of water, so you don't have to add it to it. However, all grain-based beverages like beer, whiskey, vodka, and of course sake, they all need water for the brewing process, as grains don't have much of it. And water is a very important ingredient, as I already said. You might be surprised by the quality of any beer, whiskey, and even vodka strongly depends on the quality of water used to make them. The same is for sake, where water counts for around 80% of the volume and added several times during the brewing process. The water used at sake breweries is called Shuzu Yosui, literally sake making water. However, according to Andy Russell, who is a sake brewer in Japan and the author of the excellent origin sakea blog Brewers often distinguish between the water used in actual brewing, which is called shikomi mizu, and the rest of the water used for other general purposes. Overall, the amount of water used to brew any particular batch of sake is 50 times more in weight than the amount of rice. There are two main uses of water in sake production: for brewing and for bottling. The water used in the brewing process is called Jozo Yosui. First of all, it's used to wash and soak the rice. Secondly, it's the key ingredient for making the starter and moromi, the fermenting sake mash. Basically, it's the water which becomes sake. It's also used to wash vats where sake is fermenting. The water for bottling is called Binzumi Yosui. It's used to wash the bottles and to dilute the sake before bottling. Other uses of water include washing the equipment and the premises, feeding the boiler, and so on. So the importance of water is difficult to overestimate. It's second only to the brewer's skill, and as important as good rice and koji. But honestly, given good water, a skillful toji can make excellent sake from even table rice. But I'm not sure if even a genius of a toji can make a delicious sake from low-quality water. At least there is a quote in the excellent Japanese Sake Bible by Brian Ashcraft. when he asked Akira Tanaka, the director of Kinshu Masamuni uh, Sake Brewery, if it's possible to make good sake without good water. Nope, he said promptly, it's impossible. So, if you look at the history of sake, you will see that the regions known for abundant sources of especially good water emerged over time as the key sake making areas and still remain such. Nada in Hyogo, Fushimi in Kyoto, Niigata, Hiroshima. Historically sake breweries were set up next to a good source of high quality water. And which water is considered high quality for sake? Well, first of all it should be low in iron and manganese. Iron makes sake darker, more yellowish, and affects the taste and aroma in not a very nice way. The reason is that iron reacts with other elements in sake. For example, iron can combine with uh, ferrochrome produced by koji, changing the color of the sake. Or it speeds up uh, certain chemical reactions, resulting in the deterioration of the sake taste and aroma. Manganese plays its role when sake is exposed to sunlight, promoting a certain reaction which makes sake look dull and discolored. Secondly, the high-quality water should be rich in potassium, phosphorus and magnesium, which help koji mold and yeast grow faster and stronger. Usually, the water used in sake brewing is taken from a local spring or river. Sometimes breweries take normal water from the tap and enrich it with needed minerals to make it suitable for sake brewing. But of course, there is a limitation to what you can do with the water. Also, removing, for example, iron is a quite difficult and expensive process, so it's much easier to use the water which is already good. The best source of water are underground wells near mountains, which incidentally account for 80% of the territory of Japan. These wells are filled with the water from melting snow, filtered through a mountain nearby, which makes it so good. Other sources include underground and normal rivers, isolated lakes, springs. However, I've come across some more exotic sources of water, for example, the Tosatsuro Brewery from the Tosa region, which is now Kochi Prefecture, uses deep ocean water for its azure ginja sake. The water is taken from the ocean, desalinated and used for brewing of a dry and crisp sake, perfect for seafood. <laughs> Good water might even have its own name. The water from the Nada area near Kobe is called Miyamizu, the water from Fushimi region in Kyoto, Gokosui, and the water from Mount Fuji is called Fukurusui. Obviously, in old times, people didn't know the chemical content of the water they used. It worked in a more empirical way. If customers liked the sake, it meant that the water was good. If they didn't, the owner of the brewery either moved in somewhere else or probably switched to some other businesses However, there is an interesting story about how the importance of water was discovered towards the end of the Edo period, and it starts in 1840 Tazaemon Yamamura was the sixth-generation head of the Yamamura family, which started to brew sake in 1625 in what is now Hyogo prefecture. The family had two breweries, one was in Nishinomiya and the other in Kobe. The breweries were probably 10-15 kilometers apart, but the Nishinomiya brewery was producing by far superior sake. Poor Yamamura-san was struggling hard to solve this mystery. Probably the rice is different. He tried to use the same rice at his Kobe brewery, but couldn't achieve the same result as in Nishunomiya. Oh, the workers are just lazy and clumsy. He swapped the workers, but with no avail. So he became quite obsessed with it and went through everything until finally, in his last attempt to solve the mystery of the superior sake, he took the water from Nishunomiya and brought it to Kobe. And, behold, he got the same quality of sake. The water was from the Nada area and the brewer named it Miyamizu, which means heavenly water or shrine water. But people definitely knew about Nada well before Yamamura-san's discovery. Sake from Nada was very popular in Tokyo and was only rivaled by sake from Fushimi area near Kyoto. However, sake from these two regions were quite different. Why? Because of water, of course. Before talking about two main types of water, let me remind you about London sakea, our sponsor, and their cool curated sakea tasting sets. If you are learning about sakea, the tasting sets give you a great opportunity to compare different styles, grades, breweries, and so on. So have a look, don't forget about the magic word SUGIDAMA, all caps, to get your 10% discount. Most of the water in Japan is soft. It's called Nansui and it makes light, elegant and smooth sake. For example, the Fushimi area in Kyoto, I have already mentioned, and the Niigata prefecture, they are both known for the abundance of soft water. And they are two very famous regions producing this elegant and smooth type of sake. It's a great sake to drink on its own, enjoying the complexity of subtle tastes and flavors. The sake made of soft water is often referred as feminine style of sake. Hard water, called kosui, is less common in Japan and it's still much softer than the hard water, for example, in the UK or Europe in general. The water hardness is expressed in milligrams of calcium carbonate per liter and is reported in parts per million ppm. For example, avian mineral water is 299 ppm. Tap water in London is 272 ppm minus 273 ppm actually. While the hard water in Nada is 116 ppm and soft water in Fushima is 71 ppm while Niigata, famous for its dry and light sake, is only 53 ppm. The softest is in Shizuoka prefecture, 18 ppm. The hard water makes more full-bodied, crisp and dry sake. It's a great sake to have with food, in my opinion. The Nada region, in Kobe, is one of the best sake producing regions in Japan, thanks to Miyamizu water mentioned before. It's hard water, which comes from Mount Rocco. A high level of calcium in water stimulates the production of enzymes while other minerals such as potassium, magnesium and phosphates accelerate the fermentation process which makes it perfect for brewing excellent sake. The hard water sake is often called a masculine or macho style of sake. However, this feminine masculine distinction doesn't always work. As everything in sake, the brewing technique is more important than the ingredients. So if the brewery which uses soft water wants to make robust full-bodied sake, they will do it using various brewing techniques. Same for a brewery with hard water supply which would like to make a more elegant and gentle sake. So it's again a more of a general guide. As soft and hard water make different sake taste profiles, I heard that an experienced sommelier can even tell by taste from which prefecture the sake come from. I haven't confirmed it yet, though. I've told you about the hard water of Japanese sake, Miyamizu. Let's now talk about the classic soft water, Gokosui, from Fushimi area in Kyoto. Fushimi has been the main sake production region for probably more than a thousand of years. The imperial capital of Japan moved to the area at the end of um, the 8th century. And the city later got the name Kyoto, which just means a capital city. We know that Koji was introduced into sake brewing around the same time, so you can call it the birth of modern sake. And that time, sake was more like a religious and imperial drink, drunk during religious ceremonies and at the imperial court. So, the water in Fushimi has been used for sake brewing for at least 1200 years. The name Fushimi used to be written with different kanji, Chinese characters, during the Edo period and meant hidden or underground water, because the area was known for excellent spring water. There is actually a massive underground water reservoir underneath the Kyoto basin, as large as Lake Biwa, the largest freshwater lake in Japan, northeast of Kyoto. Because of the geological structure of the area, the underground water in Fushimi is perfect for sake making. It's soft, around 60-80 ppm, has a perfect mineral mix, and a very low in iron content. One of the springs in Fushimi is especially famous for its water called Gokusui. The legend goes that the water started to gush from the grounds of Gokonomia Shrine in 862. The shrine had a different name that time. The water was so delicious and aromatic that the word spread among the local people that the water cures many illnesses. This word reached Emperor Sewa, who probably visited the spring and named the shrine Gokonomiya and the water Gokosui, fragrant water. So the water in the whole Fushimi area was named after this particular spring, Fushimizu Gokosui, or just Gokosui. Many people still believe that Gokosui water has miraculous properties and use it for praying for curing illnesses. The water is also used in tea ceremony, calligraphy, and so on. In 1985, it was certified by the Japan Environment Agency as one of the top 100 natural water sources in the country. So probably the sake made in the Fushimi region also has some magical properties. The importance of water, as I already said, is hard to overestimate. Quality water makes great and balanced sake and contributes into the taste, aroma and texture. Next time when you pick up the sake you would like to try, pay attention on the region it comes from and see what water is it famous for. However, be careful. Very often a prefecture could have one type of water, say hard, but this particular brewery Could be located in a small area Which has a different water From the rest of the prefecture Or, as I read on John Gondner's blog once There are breweries which have access To different sources of water Soft and hard So try and see for yourself What water you like more Okay, let's talk about the sake of the episode Today I would like to talk about Hatsumago Densho Kimoto Honjozo. It's just a superb sake. I've got it from London sake before the sponsorship, and I was really impressed. It's Honjozo, brewed using the Kimoto method, but not very expensive. Let me first read the information about the brewery from London sake website. When the brewery was founded in 1893, it was originally called Kinku. The name Hatsumago. Translated as the first grandchild, was adopted in the 1930s following the birth of the family's first grandchild. Hatsumago is recognized as a specialist in the use of Kimoto brewing method, a traditional method where lactic bacteria are attracted to the fermenting mash. It takes great skill to produce stable sake of high quality this way. And it took decades for Hatsumago to master it to perfection. These efforts have paid off with multiple awards, including Sake Brewer of the Year 2018 by the International Wine Challenge. So Hatsumago Densha is honjosa and not very aromatic. You will probably pick up plum, some herbal scents, and a bit of strawberry jam and even prunes. So the aroma is quite subtle and pleasant. When you first try the sake, it gives you a bit of a gentle kick. I think it comes from the high acidity from the Kimota method. Indeed, the acidity is 1.5, which is relatively high, while Nihonshudo or sake meter value, is 0, which indicates a bit of sweetness. Hatsumago Densho tastes a bit lemony and medium sweet with dry fruit notes. And a bit peppery, which I think again comes from the acidity. The texture is amazingly smooth and the sake is quite mouthful. I would say medium to full bodied. It reminded me of Umeshu with its sweet and sour taste. In terms of temperature, I tried it from chilled to warm. Chilled is very good, warm is soft and rounded, but tiny wee below the room temperature is the best. Hatsumago denshu was great with pumpkin croquettes and soba noodles. But it will go well with steak or red fish like baked salmon or red snapper. So the sake has a very distinctive character and a lot of undertones in the taste. And it only costs around 25 quid. That's it for today. I'll be back with more episodes to continue the ingredients series. There will be an episode about rice and another one about microorganisms, koji and yeast. In the meantime, try to find sake from different areas famous for its water – Kyoto, Nada, Niigata and see if they taste differently. Let me know how it went and what you think. Look at my website, sugidama.co.uk. I've got a constantly updated tasting notes section and a lot of posts with recommendations. While there is no filter by prefecture, it's in the Tasting Notes additional information section. Or go to London Sake website, any other online sake store, or pop into a wine shop stocking sake or Japanese supermarket. Don't forget that you can get a 10% discount at London Sake website by entering SUGIDAMA, all caps, at the checkout. Again, if you like the episode, and want more, hit the subscribe button Please, please, please If you want to support Sugidama podcast Leave a review Don't wait, just do it now It only takes a few minutes of your time But means a really big deal to me Again, share this podcast with your friends With anyone who might ask you about Zakir, On your social media, chat apps, anywhere Thanks a lot for listening Kampai so get, so get, so get, so get, down my block. So get, so get, so, get, so get down my block.